What's going on, everybody? Thanks so much for tuning in. This is another edition of Thirst Quench Thursday, Thirst Quench Ministry, Thirst Quench Podcast. I am your host, Chadwick Rosebreath Sr. This is Season 3, Episode 10 of the podcast, Thirst Quench Thursday. The title tonight is none other than, guess what? My Silent Cry. My Silent Cry. It matters how you cry. Listen, if you have praise requests or prayer requests or praise reports, as always, please throw those in the chat. I'm not waiting any longer. I am jumping on. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for this day. God, we thank you for life, health, and strength. I thank you that you, I think, I'm thankful that you're always so perfect, God. You never fail me. Songwriter says, You've never failed me yet. God, and I never shall forget. What you've done for me. God, you opened my eyes this morning. God, you allowed me to lay down last night. God, no hurt, harm, or danger come upon me. God, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for your protective hedge, God. I'm grateful for the relationships that we build every day, God. I'm thankful for your grace, God, and your mercy. God, I pray right now, God, that everybody on the sound of my voice, whether they're watching it live, listening to it on a podcast, or watching it via replay, God, that, that they understand that your grace is sufficient. God, I think if anybody who's struggling right now, God, I pray that you wrap your loving arms around them. Be peace and comfort to them, God. There is nobody like you in all of the earth. We searched all over, couldn't find nobody. Looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater, nobody better, nobody wiser, nobody stronger than you. God, we give you all praise, honor, and glory. It was in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Listen, tonight we are jumping in uh, on Matthew. Matthew 15, 22. Matthew 15, and 22 um i'm not sure how much i'm gonna read tonight but listen i'm gonna jump in maybe two or three verses i'm gonna highlight a few verses instead of reading this whole thing matthew 15 and 22 it says a gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading have mercy on me O lord son of david for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely but jesus gave her no reply not even a word then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all of her begging. She is bothering us with all of her, her begging. Listen, if y'all just tuned in, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, If y'all could go ahead and drop those anchors. Drop the anchors and let me know y'all are in the house tonight. So what is going on up to this point right now? This has been just a crazy few chapters in Matthew. Uh, in the beginning of Matthew 14, what we have is John the Baptist being beheaded. And so that's already a dramatic point that's going on next um you have jesus feeding the five thousand, and after that you have peter walking on the water for us to come to this moment right here you have to learn what happens here it is it says that a gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading have mercy on me O lord son of david for my daughter is possessed by a demon what is ironic about that this gentile woman was not supposed to be pleading to jesus oh, that mercy Sometimes you've got to humble yourself in order to reach out to somebody who you're in need of at that point. This woman was by no means supposed to be pleading with Jesus, let alone she wasn't supposed to be talking to Jesus, let alone uh, pleading with him, let alone begging with him. Um, and I've always been the type of person to say, 
I ain't begging nobody. If you want to go, go. If you don't love me, go. If you don't like me, go. You ain't got to be my friend. My grandma used to always tell me, if they don't want to be your friend, baby, that's okay. Let them go. God will send who's supposed to be in your life for a reason. Listen, so I'm okay letting people go. But however, I feel good right now. There comes a point in time where there is an occasion where you may have to beg, where you may have to go to some people who you have not always wanted to depend on. But that's why the Bible says the Bible, the Bible says that he'll allow your enemies to become your footstool. That's why you have to be careful how you treat people. That's why you've got to be careful how you speak to people. That's why you've got to be careful how you interact with people. It's not just a moment in time, but it is an interaction every time you come in contact with somebody. That's why, that's why, that's why you've got to be intentional every time you open up your mouth to engage with somebody. My mother is on here. One thing that she knows that I hate to do more than anything in this world is apologize. I've grown up a little bit, so I don't mind apologizing when I'm wrong but when I was growing up the one thing I hated was to apologize so uh, to fix that and not have to apologize I was very intentional with my words if I knew that I may have to come back and apologize baby I was gonna pump the brakes and I'm gonna just be silent I don't have nothing to say. My pastor, my, my former pastor used to tell me this. He said, you don't always have to have an opinion about a situation. That thing messed me up, y'all. It messed me up because I used to say, what you mean? I don't always have to share my opinion. He said, no, you need to listen to the words very closely. You don't always have to have an opinion about anything. Y'all, I'm teaching good on her right now. Y'all drop the anchors. Let me know y'all paying attention. Listen, but when I learned that I don't always have an opinion, I was freed in a way that I could not comprehend. What do you mean, preacher? What I mean is that I learned that I don't even have to allow my brain to think of reasoning in a situation that does not have anything to do with me. If you are a real one, if you are a real one, you may say these words out loud. If it ain't got to do with my family or my money, baby, it ain't got nothing to do with me. And here it is. If it ain't got nothing to do with your family and your money and your people, listen, baby, you do not have to have an opinion about that thing. What does that mean? That may mean you may have some losses. You may have you may have some severe losses. What kind of losses are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about the losses of logging into Facebook. I'm talking about the losses of logging into TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter. You may have a loss of some moments where you don't have to engage in a conversation. Nine times out of ten, people don't go on Facebook for the drama in the titles they go for the comments i don't know about y'all but if you know every now and then you're gonna scroll and read those comments what are those comments the comments are nine times out of ten filled with people who are not impacted by the situation but have thrown their useless opinion in that thing here it is but the bible says right here that a gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading have mercy on me O Lord son of David for my daughter is possessed by a demon so here we learn that she acknowledges that he is uh, the Lord she acknowledges that he she had that he has something that she stands in need of Lord have mercy I told you the Bible says that he'll cause your enemy your enemies to become your footstool and when that happens they'll have to acknowledge you baby that's why you've got to be careful good God almighty I hear this text right now that's why you've got to be careful about the things that you answer to some things you can't answer to and every person that calls you you can't respond to what are you saying preacher he knew that she understood that he had the power that she needed how? Because it matters how you acknowledge a person. How does she acknowledge him? She didn't say, hey, Jesus, I heard that you can do these things. No, she said, have mercy on me. Here it is. 
O Lord, son of David. It matters what you respond to. What you respond to now will be what you have to respond to later. So listen to me. If you are a, a, a whoop de whoop scallywag, chicken head, a bald head, scallywag, ain't got no head. If that's you, baby, listen to me. You need to acknowledge what it is that you're going to answer to. I don't care what your past looks like. The Bible doesn't even tell uh, this woman's name, let alone what her past was. It, it, it brought you to this moment where she had to acknowledge who God was. Good Lord, have mercy. Him pill, I'm preaching this text already. Here it is. She had to acknowledge who it is that God was. She said, have mercy on me, oh Lord. Even though she came in the need for somebody else, she said, God, I need you to have mercy on me. Before you can heal my daughter, I got to come correct. I'm going to acknowledge who you are and tell you that I'm coming in the need of something. There are some times where, again, you've got to learn to humble yourself because if it's something that you need, baby, it may not be big enough for you, but if your children are sick, if you're a real parent and your children are sick or standing in the need of something, you are going to do whatever it takes to make sure that your kids get what they need by any means necessary. If I'm talking to you right now, drop those anchors. Here it is, but the Bible, the Bible says that for my daughter is possessed by a demon, torments her severely so what we've learned already in this text is that it does not matter what the woman's past looks like it does not matter where she came from it matters one that she knew who he was it matters too that she recognized how to approach him and it matters that she knew that she had to correctly come to him in the need of her in the need of through herself for the need of her daughter. I may be the most cocky, most arrogant, uh, most lofty person there is. I'm not. But if that was me and my children needed some baby, it's something called humble pie. Because I'm going to humble myself and cry out however I got to. I told you the topic tonight was my silent cry. Go ahead and throw that in your screen. My silent cry. I didn't say your silent cry. I said mine because I've got to talk to myself before I can talk to you. Verse 23 right here it reads that, but Jesus gave her no reply. Not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. In fact, they said this, tell her to go away. She's bothering us with all of her begging. The disciples, the ones who had just heard about John the Baptist being beheaded, the ones who had just witnessed God uh, feeding the 5,000, the one Peter even included had just witnessed the miracle of him walking on water. The same disciples who had seen God do these things time and time and time again and who understood that the only way to fulfill his mission was to show people love and compassion. These same disciples who walked and talked, who Jesus said, listen to me, come with me, I'll make you fishers of men. These same disciples were the same ones that said, you know what, tell her to go away. She's bothering us with all of her begging. Lord have mercy. But the first thing that Jesus says right here, he didn't say nothing. Verse 23, I need you to get your Bibles out and read that thing. I, not right now, but when I'm done, I need you to read this. Matthew 15, 22 and 23. 23 says, but Jesus gave her no reply. I told you when 22, she had to learn to go to him with his right name. And even though she acknowledged who he was, even though she recognized that what he had, she needed, she understood right at this time that, you know what? He may not respond to me. And maybe that's the word for you tonight. You've been calling on Jesus to answer some prayers for you. And it seems like he has not responded to you just because he has not responded to you yet. 
does not mean that he did not hear your cry. Lord, have mercy. The Bible says that, but Jesus gave her no reply. In verse 22, he says, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon who torments her severely. And he gave her no reply. The Bible even specifically says not even a single word because there's sometimes you'll hear him say, mm. Now that word, mm, that, that groan, that mm, has a lot that says, that, that comes with it. But when you understand that there's another time that Jesus said nothing, when he still had all power in his hands. The Bible, the Bible says that, that he never said a mumbling word. I'm talking about Calvary if y'all ain't caught on yet. But right here, the Bible says again that Jesus gave her no reply. Not even a single word. I'm going to ask you this, Thirst Quench Thursday. By you being quiet, does that remove power from you? By you choosing not to open your mouth and engage in these different conversations, arguments, and this, that, and a third, does that remove any power from you? No, because the last time I checked, he still stood with all power in his hands. So what I need for you to understand is that there, that there is power in your silence. Good Lord, have mercy. There's power, there's power in your silence, there's power in your silence, there's power in you choosing not to say nothing. Because make no mistake about it, in order for you to be quiet, it is a choice. Because the next time you have to exercise that, I'm not a prophesying, I'm not going to lie to you. But the next time that you have to exercise that, right, it's going to be some somebody who's getting on your nerves. Who's somebody who has said something to you one too many times and it just hits you just right at the right time or the right day. I don't know who I'm talking to on here. If that's you and somebody got on your nerves today, please drop the angers in there. If it's somebody who almost got told off today, but you know, you know what? They better be glad I started Lent. They, 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 they better be glad that, that I didn't feel like going there, baby. But it's when you learn to refrain from going off. That's how you know God is working in your life. That's how you know that God is moving because you easily could shut them down. You easily could say, listen to me. Let me tell you something right here. Come on, you bald head. I, I, they could, you could tell them off. And don't let that be a crowd around because that's even that that's going to hype me up. I'm really going to tell you about yourself. I've always been good words. I'm going to tell you about yourself. But it's when you have the opportunity to crush somebody, but instead you stay silent. Lord, have mercy. Somebody asked me what my definition of love is. My definition of love is giving my wife everything that I've got. Every bit of my vulnerability, every bit of my love, every bit of, of her. Every, she has everything that I've got in her hands. My definition of love is giving her all of me and trusting her not to crush it. Here it is. It's when you have the restraint to be able to crush somebody. And not do it that you know you're moving. So here it is. The Bible says the Bible. The Bible says right here. that, But Jesus gave her no reply. Miss Linda welcome to Thirst Quench Thursday. Not even a single word. But there was power in his silence. Just because he didn't say anything. Did not mean that he was not going to move on her behalf. That's the thing that we've got to learn about Jesus for ourselves. Just because God has not said anything. Does not mean that he's not already working that thing out for you. Here it is. Nine times out of ten. Before you hear him. It's already worked out. 
I love a good church shout. I love when somebody says that it's already done. You ain't got to say it's already done, but one time to me before the inside of me begins to jump up and down and shout hallelujah, because in order for me to believe that it's already done, I've got to believe that he's already done it. In order, I'm going to say that one more time, Tanisha, because that hit me just right. In order for me to believe that it's already done, I've got to believe that he's already done it. I'm going to say that one more time because Miss Tink McCombs just got on here. Listen to me. In order for me to claim that it's already done, I've got to believe that he's already done it. In other words, I'm a believer that he's going to do it even when I can't hear him. I am a believer even when I can't see him working. I know that he's working that thing out for my good because the Bible, the Bible, the Bible says here it is that he gave her no reply, not even a single word, but it was already done. <laughs> because if you fast forward to this verse in 27, uh, 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 it says right here that the Bible says that Jesus responded. Here it is. Woman, your faith pleases me. <laughs> Therefore, your daughter is already healed. See, some of y'all missing another way. If you hadn't missed it, you would have dropped so many anchors, you would have crashed Facebook by now. Here it is. He said, woman, your faith pleases me. <laughs> Therefore, your daughter is already healed. If I say already, that means it's already been done. The problem is we wait for a sign to see that it's already been done instead of walking in the fact that he's already done it. I know I'm confusing some people right now, but you just got to claim that he's already done that thing. Here it is. You got to fake it until you make it. I had a basketball coach who's telling me, listen, I don't care if you feel like running. I don't care if you feel like doing these dump sprints. I don't care if you feel like doing these suicides. You better fake it till you make it. I don't care if you don't feel God's healing on the inside of you. I don't care if the money in your bank does not reflect that it's already done. I don't care if your family still has hell going on all around them. You better fake it till you make it. Because since it's already done, he's already done it. And I don't know about y'all, but I serve a God. Good God, have mercy. I'm really teaching this text on tonight. I serve a God who has already done it. He does not need my permission to do it because it's already done. By the time I've seen it, he's already moved on to the next miracle and the next miracle. And the next time he keeps opening doors. In order for him to open a door for me or in order for me to get to a door that he's opened for me, that means he's already opened the door. He's a God who beats me to the assignment. He understood the assignment. I didn't have to wait on him to make these things happen because they were all. Yes, sir. They were all they were already. They were already done. Here it is. But the disciples. Good Lord, have mercy. I told somebody that it's already done. It's all it's already done. He's already done that thing. Whatever it is that you jumped on here tonight, standing in the need of, here it is. He already done it. He's already done it. Therefore, it's already done. I need for you to type on your screen, not in regular caps, but in all caps. He's already done it. Therefore, it's already done. In all caps, he's already done it. Therefore, it's already done. But these disciples, these trifling disciples, I've got a problem with these disciples in Matthew chapter 15, verse 20 through 227. I've got I've got a problem with them. And I had to ask God, how in the world could you travel along with these people who uh, were so easy to tell her, tell her, go away. That's not the first time, because if you ask the woman with the issue of blood, what those same disciples told her, he says, listen, go on away. Don't you know he ain't got time for your problems? He ain't got he ain't got time for your issues but again they said tell her to go away good lord have mercy y'all i need for you to believe that thing's already done here it is he's already done it therefore it's already done here it is he said tell her to go away 
Tiffany told her, tell, tell, tell her to go on, go away, these disciples, these tribal disciples. She's bothering us with all her begging. I told you, the topic tonight is my silent cry. Because what I've come to understand is there's two types of cry. There's the cry that you make silently. And there's the cry that you make that will break down the walls of Jericho. I don't know what season you're in. There may be some times where you've got to close your mouth and, and pinch your lips together so that you don't say nothing. But baby, God hears your cry. There may be some times where you just got to walk away, get in your car, just scream and walk away and drive around the block so that you don't say anything that's going to hinder what God has for you. There may be some times where you could blast somebody, where you could mess somebody, where you could flip somebody's life upside down, but you choose the greater right. Michelle Obama, Auntie Michelle says, when they go low, baby, we go high. I don't know who it is that I'm talking on to on, here on to tonight, but there is a season in your life where you're going to have to be quiet. Yes, I just confirmed that for you. Baby, it's okay to shut your mouth. It's okay to be quiet. You don't have to be loud for somebody else because God hears your cry even when you don't voice that thing. You've got to learn that it's already done because he's already did it. Here it is. You have to understand here that here it is. Understand that your best friends may not always have your best interest. Mama, you still on here? If you still on here, drop that anchor from here. George, welcome Thursday, Squish Thursday. My mama used to always tell me, Baby, they may not have your best interest at heart. My grandma used to always tell me, baby, they may not have your best interest at heart. Your best friends sometimes can have good intentions, but not give you the right advice. Here it is. So these disciples who was walking with him, talking with him, and telling him all about these things, these same, these same disciples says, tell her to go away. She's bothering her with her begging. Here it is. I have to ask this Gentile woman what made her keep crying out. If you've got children and you understand that's what made her keep crying out. But what what happens when you when you don't have children but you need God to bless you? What what happens when you're crying out all you can, but the people who are supposed to hear you tell you to be quiet? God don't want to hear your begging. Here it is. You've got to learn how to cry. Because although she cried out with everything that she had, God didn't say a mumbling word. In fact, the Bible says that he didn't say a single word. You've got to learn when to cry and how to cry. There's a season where you cry silently and there's a season where you open up your mouth and show every teeth in your mouth and stick your tongue out and say, God, I need your help. I don't care how they look at me. I don't care where I might be. If I need God in my job, I'm going to holler until they tell me, man, can you be quiet? And even when they tell me to go away because I'm bothering them with my begging, I'm going to beg God even how because I know that it's already done and therefore he's already done that thing. In order for me to receive it, sometimes I I've got to cry out loud and you cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ if you need God to do something that he's never done if you need to hear something that you've never heard and if you need to go somewhere that you've never been you've got to trust God in your season here it is about the, 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 the old folks you say you don't know my story or the things that I've been through you can't you can't feel my pain and what I had to go through to get here. You never understand my praise. Don't, don't, don't try to figure it out because my worship, my cry, here it is. Don't, don't try to figure it out because my cry is for real. I don't need, here it is. I don't need for you to co-sign my cry 
because you was not with me when I was crying myself to sleep out at night. I don't need for you to co-sign my cry because you were not with me when I didn't have enough money to pay my rent. You were not with me when I did not have enough money to put food in my refrigerator. You were not with me when I had to pull up gas was $3.75 and all I could put in my tank was $6 to make it from here to there. You were not with me. Therefore, I do not need your permission to cry out to God. You may hear me cry and you may see me cry. Either way, somebody shout either way. Either way, God's going to get my glory. Because I've understood that there's some things that are worth begging for. I told you this Gentile woman didn't even have a name in the Bible. She had no business talking to Jesus in the first place. But she understood that what she needed was tied to him. Therefore, she's going to beg by any means necessary. She's going to get to Jesus. I'm t- am I talking about the woman with the issue of blood? Am I talking about this Gentile woman? She was going to get to Jesus. by. And remember, I told you in the beginning, she acknowledged who he was. She also acknowledged that he carried and possessed something that she needed. Therefore, she said, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. For my daughter is possessed by a demon and torments her daily and severely. You've got to understand that there are some things that are worth begging for. But I had to ask the disciples one more again. Why in the world are y'all so doggone mean? Why do y'all understand? Why do y'all think it's okay to say, be quiet, tell her to go away? And the audacity of this text is, they wasn't talking to her. Good Lord, have mercy. They were talking to Jesus. The Bible says, the Bible, the Bible says that they told Jesus, tell her to go away. She's bothering us with her begging. Now, why in the world might these disciples be so aggravated that this woman's whose issue they had no idea of? Bother them so much they had the audacity to tell the Lord Jesus Christ to tell her to go away because she's bothering us. Well, if I if I jump back to chapter 14, I learned that again, John the Baptist had been beheaded. Teresa, welcome. Right after that, Jesus got in that boat and fed the 5,000. So they were emotional, they were exhausted, and next, Peter walked on water. But you remember when he got a little shaky and he took his eyes off Jesus, he sunk down in the water. And Jesus helped him up out of the water, and they walked back into the boat. Too many times we missed that, that Peter walked on water twice. After he sunk, they walked back into the boat. Don't miss that thing. So, they were emotional because John the Baptist had been beheaded. They were exhausted because they had just had a fish fry for 5,000 people and the grease didn't burn. And last but not least, they were traumatized because Peter was walking on water and then they thought he was going to drown. So, when I look at the background of what was going on before, this woman came up asking him, can you help my daughter? They had every reason to be annoyed, to be upset, and to be aggravated. Here it is. You've got every reason to be emotional, 
to be exhausted, to be traumatized. But God said, if you know that I've already done it, therefore it's already done. What will it take for you to cry out to me? The topic tonight was my silent cry. Because there's going to be some times where you cry and God stays silent. But if you paid attention to the heart of Thirst Quench Thursday tonight. Even when he's silent. He still got all power. Even when you don't see him working. He still got all power. So no matter what it is that you've got going on. Trust and never doubt that everything that you need is already done. I need for you to throw the anchors on the screen. And while you throw the anchors on the screen, I need for you to think about that one thing that you've been praying, that you've been fasting, that you've been seeking God for. Here it is that nobody else even knows about. Don't type it on the screen. That's your business. That's your business. I need for you to think about that one thing that you've been seeking God diligently for. Whatever it is. Don't type it on your screen. But hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. Close your eyes. Whatever that thing is that you've been seeking God for. Whatever it is that you've been depending on him for. Maybe it's even that you just want peace of mind. If you've ever struggled with having peace of mind, then if you've never struggled with having peace of mind, you'll never understand how great peace of mind is. But maybe it's peace of mind that you stand in need of. Maybe you've been praying for God to give you a sign that it's time to relocate. Maybe my time at that job is up and it's time to go back where I was. Maybe it's time to move on somewhere. Whatever it is. He's praying about God for your kids. Whatever it is that you've been praying about. On your job. With your children. In your church. Whatever it is that you need God to do. Picture that thing right now. And I want you to hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. It's already done. Therefore, he's already done it. Whatever it is that you need, whatever it is you trust in God for, if you're sick in your body and you've been healed, but you want total healing, it's already done. Therefore, God's already done it. My silent cry will produce an incomparable praise. My silent cry. My cry might be loud. God's response might be silent. But he's already done that thing. And the peace of God. Which surpasses all understanding. Will guard your heart. And your mind. In Christ Jesus. Father we are so thankful for you. There's nobody like you in all of the earth. God, I thank you that even when I can't scream, you hear my cry. Even when I can't articulate the words that I want to express, it's already done. God, I thank you 
But you've already made ways out of no way. You've already closed doors that were not my doors. You've already opened up doors before I could even begin to ask you which door is for me. So God, I thank you that you knew what I needed before I ever opened my mouth. But God, I thank you even more importantly that by the time I realized that it's already done, that you had already done it. Now, God, hear my prayer. Hear my cry. Hear my worship. God, I thank you that I don't have to say a mumbling word. You know my heart. You know my cry. You know my worship. Bless us now, God. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for keeping me. That means I'm already kept. God, I love you and I praise you. There's nobody like you. If it was in your son Jesus' name, instead of typing amen, drop those anchors, drop those anchors, drop those anchors in Jesus' name. Listen, I love y'all so much and there's absolutely nothing that you can do about it. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, God, your name is worthy to be praised. If you so happen to have missed Thirst Quench Thursday, there is always the replay. As soon as we log on, this thing is going to post. Watch it, view it, hashtag replay. I love y'all and you can't do nothing about it. For in Jesus' name, until next time, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and may heaven smile upon you until we meet again. In Jesus' name, y'all be blessed. Love y'all.